Hello everyone and welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Here with your hosts, Jacob Smedley, Sam Batts, Justin Rehan, Peter Amarante, and Nathan Romanoff. With today's special guest, Samata Kelleher. Topics today include Major League Baseball is back. A new CBA and teams are ready to roll with spring training scheduled and the opening day is coming in April. The NFL trades galore. Combine action as teams are looking to gear up for next season. And some March Madness. March Madness is about to get underway. We're going to look at some interesting matchups from all around the NCAA. Now here's Sam Betts. Sam, the new CBA, baseball is back. Jake, I've been waiting 99 days to hear those words. And finally, finally. Glad I could be the one to tell you that, Sam. Glad to be the one. You didn't even have to tell me, dude. I'm at the gym and I look at my phone. The first notification I see is that the MLB is back. And I like, oh, I lost it. It was so fun. He drops the barbell on his foot in excitement. (laughs) No, that didn't happen. Unfortunately, I was doing abs that day. But uh, getting back on topic, uh, MLB is back. There was a special uh, spring training day uh, yesterday, March 11th. It was kind of like an informal like practice day. And tomorrow, March 13th, is when that spring training actually gets underway. It's a mandatory day, so all the players are going to be there. And it's going to be awesome. Now, thankfully, my, if this went it on any longer minor league baseball was still going to be in action uh they were they're bound to start here april 5th or april 7th depending on uh triple a double a stuff like that but now we can sit back relax and we can get ready for the mlb season to come uh kind of some things that happened with the new collective bargaining agreement and a lot of the reasons why the players would not sign a new one um for this owner uh, initiated lockout so the new CBA, uh, minimum salaries now begin at $700,000 uh, in 2022. So, yeah, I see Peter's eyes. Um, I, I mean, hey, I mean, they're ball players, uh, They're professional athletes. They're going to have to be paid. you got to start somewhere, and they're going to be paid pretty high, which is really nice. And that's actually going to increase uh, by 2026. It's going to be $780,000. So they're going to have a really nice starting salary for a nice young player coming up in the big leagues. They also kind of have some, we're talking about taxes here, uh, teams that kind of surpass like the pre-established like limits, we're talking about like pre-established limits, well that limit's going to be set at $230 million for 2022, so um, that's good, we're make, kind of making like a 10% increase here, this is going to give uh, teams a little bit more wiggle room in whether they're trying to sign international players, trying to sign uh, players out of college from the draft. Uh, it's going to be really nice. It also kind of helps with that luxury tax thing too for a lot of teams that are in these big cities. A couple other changes and some very notable ones as well. A universal designated hitter has been added to this collective bargaining agreement. Jake, uh, you're excited to see Yes, I'm, fist I'm pumping, fist pumping. It was about time. This is, this is 
where the game is going. As much as I love Bartolo Colon stepping up to the dish and swinging a pool noodle most of the time, it's time. It's time for the DH to come to the National League. The Dingers. That that's that's what that's what's promoting the game. More guys to hit. You got more runs as well. I I think it's time to, that it was time to bring it. And 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 yeah, it, it's great. And giving players more more. Uh, more lifetime in in the ma- major leagues. You got guys like Nelson Cruz. You got guys like Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, among among others, who who are going to really benefit in their time in the major leagues, will will get longer because of this. Now, Jake, I just have a quick question for you, and Sam, you can partake in this. Do you think this affects team strategies at all? Because I know a lot of the times they use these pitchers who are hitting who. Let's be a blunt. Aren't good at hitting. Astral- no, you can say it. They aren't I mean, good yeah, at I hitting, mean, Peter. I'm sure, an MLB pitcher would say that they are also not very. Well, no, good at I, I know they might not admit it, but like at the same time, it, they use the strategy players ninety-five percent of the time to drive a run in to try to get somebody on base or on third or whatever it may be. Do you think that this DH who you know isn't known for sacrificing a hit to hurt his stats? change a team strategy well, well yeah i mean i know what the new strategy is it's called we're gonna hit another dinger and we're gonna take the lead That's or you the get strategy. A, or you don't drive a run in i mean yeah but i mean it's just like you're getting someone on base i mean obviously a sacrifice bun it's a tale as old as time i mean the sacrifice bun has been used in the in the mlb and in baseball for a long time uh, obviously that's going to change it. That's going to change a little bit, but I mean, when you have another batter up to the, up to the plate, like an actual guy who can take the bat and can hit the ball, that's going to change it because then you, you start seeing more singles, you start seeing more doubles, you start seeing more home runs and you start seeing more runs. And so that's what I'm kind of willing, liking to see. And I think that does change the strategy a little bit. Oh no, I like to see, I'm just asking for teams who use those pitchers as strategy. I, I think I think adding on to it, just kind of looking at um, you know the, the pitchers as a, as a whole, because instead of using that time for the National League pitchers to work on bunts and you know even get you know I, I don't know if they get a few hacks in in the cages or not, but you you have that added time to be working on your craft and not have to worry about taking one, you know, taking one off the finger, doing a sacrifice bunt drill. I know Max Scherzer, I don't know if it was last year or the year before with the Nationals, you know, black and blue eye doing sacrifice bunt stuff. And, of course, he ended up dicing up the fills uh, later that same day. But but anyways, you, you the injuries to the, the pitchers, you know, or at least on the batting side, you take that away so they can focus more on their craft. Of course, you know, they got to face a full nine guys. But come on, that, that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly, Jake. And that's what I like hearing. A couple other things with this collective bargaining agreement. A 12-team postseason, the top, the top two division winners, Earning the first round buys, Jake. What are you thinking? I I, I was hearing I was hearing twelve and fourteen. Now I, I don't know. It's because they had the expanded playoffs in the shortened season, and you know, of course, okay. team teams. Yeah, it, it was okay. But the twelve teams. I mean, there you're. You know, I, I maybe I, I'm just have to see the first year with it in a full one eighty two. 
but you know, I'm just thinking in in other. Even we saw with football. Of course, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the football segment. But adding in that extra team, that team, that might, that seven and nine, eight and eight, that five hundred team. That you know, of course, Cinderella stories happen. But just adding that other team in for monetary reasons. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have to see and and see if it's different than the NFL with with I guess it's one or two teams, but ha- have to see because you know of course it, it's very money based having more teams in there, more teams getting shown on the TBS, TNT, uh, Fox broadcasts. But you know if those teams get swept quickly out of the first round, yeah, I, like, what does it do you for? What does it do? Yeah, you for? I know I'm. And I'm kind of looking at this, and 12 teams is a lot. That's We're getting closer to, like, half the league here right now. And I don't really think you need half the league playing in the playoffs for, like, a spot. Sam, uh, like it's I, the participation like, trophy era. Come on. Like you, we Jake, give everybody a shot. Jake, like you said, um, I think that you kind of just have to see it and see where it goes. But, I, like you said, like, the more teams you add to a postseason – I understand that it kind of might, like, extend the season a little bit. It might extend the baseball season a couple games, but it's, uh, I don't know. I have to see it. I have to watch it. But a couple other things. A six-team draft lottery is implemented with the hopes of uh, curtailing uh, tanking so that, like, you don't have the Pirates, like, putting in all these rando guys who you have no idea who they are and just kind of losing for no reason. Uh, they did get Henry Davis, who was the first-round pick, a catcher. So he's looking to be pretty nice, but you can't have that all the time. It gives them – I think this will give them, like, a better incentive to actually try. And then it also – one other thing, additional advertising through patches on jerseys and decals and helmets. So, like, you know, you know how, like, the MLB has been having, like, all their, like, sponsors. Like, oh, I think – the Magic are, like, sponsored by Disney or something like that. Only makes sense. I'm not sure who the... Who are the... You know who the 76ers are sponsored by? I can't think of it off the top Wait, of Wait, I think it's Crypto... Crypto.com. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's crypto. That's right. I guess that's kind of implementing that other thing. Getting some extra money into the team's pockets. Stuff like that. But... Couple other, a couple other things, but those are some of the main ones, and I'm just happy to see this back. And with baseball coming back, we had a lot of signings, a lot of trades. Like it, it was basically kind of like how the MLB was starting up right before this collective bargaining agreement stuff happened, before the lockout. Uh, there's, I and mean, we had a lot today, Jake. I don't know if you saw. I sent you uh, Jerry's familia going to the Phillies for one year. Oh my! I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for it. Oh yeah, baby, Phillies, Jerry's familia. We're going to the top. Jerry's familia, three point nine four ERA. Can't wait for those 98-mile-per-hour sinkers in the opposing batter's box that JT is diving after. I mean, yeah, okay, I, they, they need help in the bullpen. Signed Coy Knable prior to the lockout. I think he's going to be better than familiar, but is it moving the needle? No, no especially of... with another move that you might get to by a division rival. I, I'm just not, not, not here for it, not... Jerry's familiar, maybe all right in the seventh inning here or there, but it doesn't move the needle for me. No, and I'm not saying it. Well, I just kind of would like to see just where it goes. I'm kind of like, I'm I'm just hyped that the Phillies actually made a move 
right when baseball is about to start. So Sam, don't be content with that. Don't be content with that. Don't be content with them just making a move for a veteran reliever. Okay, don't don't fool yourself (laughs) like that. There should be more. There should be more than that. At the same time, at least they're not making stupid decisions. Couple other moves here. Clayton Kershaw resigns with the Dodgers for a uh, resigns with the Dodgers. That's uh, no I was kind fun. Of wondering to see where he was going. I mean, he's a he's been kind of go kind to of Texas. Go to Texas. Go to. Dude, <laughs> there's no to go, fun. Yeah, yeah, you already want to ring with the to Dodgers. Go somewhere else. Yeah, he's gonna go to Texas and then not do anything. So, but he's gonna go with the Dodgers. I feel, feel like. He was kind of debating whether he was going to come back or not, but he they, they re-signed him, so I'm, I like to see that. The Twins uh, acquired Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa uh, in a trade for uh, Mitch Garver, and I believe uh, the Twins also got another pitching prospect back there, too. Nothing big. Mitch Garver's actually a really nice bat, though, for the Texas Rangers. He's, a, he's one of the better uh, hitting catchers that the MLB has, and he can he can hit some dingers. So we're gonna see where he, where he goes with that. Had had a down year last year, but I think you know maybe maybe new environment yeah. in Texas. Oh God, I saw this one. The Blue Jays signed Yusei Kikuchi. Look at the Blue Jays making moves. Stand up, Toronto. Toronto, it is time. This isn't the one rotation of their is moves. great. This isn't a great this is- move. This like is great. Move. You add him to Jose Barrios. They signed Kevin Gosman already in the offseason prior to the lockout, a guy who was in the running for NL Cy Young last year. Hunjin Ryu, let's not forget about him, who still has a sub-4 ERA when at his best. And, and yeah, Alex Manoa, who's a great young right-hander. You add Kikuchi in there as a fourth, fifth guy? With the lineup that they have, my goodness, th- this is going to be a very scary team this year. He was an All Star. I'll give him that. He won six and four with like a with a three point four ERA uh, before the All Star game, and then posted a five five nine eight ERA after July. Oh, beautiful. Angel signed re- uh, resigned Kurt Suzuki. He's been a long time uh, catcher. He was kind of having a down year. He's getting older. But nothing wrong with that. The Mets got Chris Bassett. Now this is an interesting one. He posted a twelve and four, four twelve and four record with a um three point one five ERA for the Athletics, and I I think that's a great trade. I think that's a great trade for the Mets. Get like kind Steve of like a, Cohen is making me sad, Sam. Steve Cohen is making me weep. Steve Cohen is making me sad to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Chris Bassett to Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom? Are you kidding me, Sam? That's a lovely With Tajuan Walker and Carlos Carrasco. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just a couple couple of small ones. The Rockies made some moves by signing Jose Iglesias and Alex Colon. A really good uh, defensive shortstop in Jose Iglesias and a really solid uh, reliever in Alex Colon. Uh, then uh, a couple other, the White Sox signed Joe Kelly. Love to see that. Love to see that man keep pitching, causing a ruckus in the MLB. Love his exchange with the Astros. Or should I say (laughs) the uh, Cheaters, rather, in Houston. And then Josh Harrison also re-signed with the White Sox as well. So, a couple of small moves. Nothing too major. Oh, uh, I guess one more. Carlos Rondon kind of signed with the Giants. 
Signed with the Giants, uh, one year. Kinda uh, small, Sam. I, what what oh, wait, is up with years, you, man? Four million. I mean, it's not small. I mean, he went thirteen <laughs> five with a two five seventy RA. He had a really nice bat bounce back year last year, and even throwing a no hitter as well, being one of the many no hitters that happened. Yeah, in the going MLB. to Gabe Kapler's Giants. He he'll know how to he'll know how to put put him to work there as a second guy behind Logan Webb. I know. Great great pick. Logan Webb really popped out. Unfor they got Anthony Disclafani back. Unfortunately, they lost Kevin Gosman, who had a really nice uh, season with them. But I mean, this is a pretty good sign for the This is a pretty good sign for them to kind of come back and kind of put someone in Kevin Gosman's spot right here. Uh, he can. I mean, with the year he had last season, if he continues with it, he'll. De the Giants will definitely be a playoff team. Uh, we can see. We can see. Yeah. Uh, other than that, that's all I have. I'm just really glad MLB baseball is back, and I can actually relax for once. Yeah. Relax. I don't know. When the Phillies bullpen starts going, Sam, you, you, your re relaxation might be over. Anyways, baseball back. Spring training will be starting in a few days, and opening day will be on April 7th. Now... The NFL! What is going on in the NFL in the offseason? Justin, what is going on? It's madness out there for all these NFL teams. One might say it's March Madness. Oh, uh -huh. whoa, whoa, oh, we, oh wow. Oh. wow. Touché, Justin, touché. I, I, I know, I'm getting better, but anyway. <laughs> well, welcome to the Humor NFL. me, Justin, thank, humor thank me. Thank you, Jacob, thank you very much now. Uh, as you know, the free agency, it's been in full swing. You know, trades, we got rumors, we got free agency signings all over the place. And the new NFL season's about to start the new year. So let's just get right into it. I want to just start us off with talking about some of the... Before we get to the trades, you know, because that's really where the bulk of the conversation will be. I want to talk a little bit about the signings, franchise tags, the players that were released and not picked up yet. So let's just get to it, you know. Uh, for the signings aspect, I guess I just want to talk about really one player. Uh, wide receiver Mike Williams got re-signed to the Los Angeles Chargers three years, $60 million contract. I, I think that this is a great move by the Chargers. He was he did a lot of damage this year, and I think that it's really, you know, it's really important for a young guy like Justin Herbert to have a supporting cast, not just a, a true number one, but also a true number two as well. I think this is a horrible move because he wasn't signed to the Eagles. <laughs> There we go. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. For every move, though, I you can't like say it. that for every move. It was it's like Jake, we need to have like, her on always often. an issue. We've had so many issues. Like Calvin Ridley, of course, gets banned. Uh, even Amari Cooper gets traded to the Browns. Like, come on! Like everyone's just we still have hope up. for I'm still waiting for DK. Yeah. You guys, you guys, Mr. Well, well, here it's funny you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that because if if the Seahawks are making stupid trades, we we might as well pick up the phone. Call Pete Carroll and say, "Hey, give us our give us our draft pick back. We we messed up. We need him back, dude." And oh, then, man. did you hear that actually the Atlanta like the Eagles were really close to getting Calvin Ridley, but the Atlanta Falcons Within were like fingertips of them off because they knew that was going to happen. Oh, and he would have helped that offense so much too. Just his his it's agility. It's so stupid. And I think that's I such think a whole, stupid. Thing. I don't think a whole season suspension is correct because you have these. Football players out here being wife beaters and children beaters, and they're only getting like, suspended six games. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Um, <laughs> to name one. Uh, but oh no, that's okay for six games. But placing placing bets, that's was it. Eight worse game parlay. Domestic got. violence. I tweeted that. Children, 
I well, literally if you, are, if you guys are done fa- fanning over the eagles, we can oh get back to the gosh. real topic. Justin. Oh, Justin, Justin, you you went you 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 builded all up the big signing, and you chose to start with Mike, yeah. Williams. Mike Williams. There is a guy in Green Bay right now that would be ashamed of you starting with Mike <laughs> well, that's Williams. What I was say. Well, that's well, why I he thought was he was franchise tied before he was resigned. So. Oh, no, I thought you were going to start with Devontae that, that Adams. not be a problem. He respect on Mike Williams' name. He really helped me. Uh, hey, I'm not year, saying right? he's that. He's a great saying. player. He did he a great job. No, he's a great player. He should just be on the Eagles. In all reality, to circle back to Mike Williams, he is one of those wide receivers that no matter where he is, Philly, Los Angeles, heck, put him on the Jets even. He's one of those high-impact wide receivers. You didn't have to go there. We all knew that. You didn't have to go there. All I'm saying is that he's one of those big guys that can take hits, can drag safeties five yards while carrying the ball. He's not just a wide receiver. He almost kind of reminds me of a, a tight end at times, you know, with the way he hits, with the way he moves. So, I mean, whoever has him has an immediate offensive advantage. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's why I think it, it was a great move for the Los Angeles Chargers to re-sign him and not let him go. But then again, you know, things happen, so... I want to talk about some of the, the franchise tags as well that happened, some of the more important ones, you know. And then I'll start, of course, with what you mentioned. Devontae Adams, before he was resigned, he was franchise tagged for this year. So they will be paying him significantly more than they should be. But uh, after that, we also have Chris Godwin, who bought this franchise tag by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Kosicki, franchise tag by the Dolphins. Uh, Big up Dalton the Penn Schultz. State boys. Let's go. He Come on now. State. He's great. Hey, he's Both a great tight end. He's a good tight end. Yeah, before I move to the trades, though, I just want to quickly touch on some of the release players uh, that were just recently released here. We got the cornerback from the Baltimore Ravens, Trayvon Young, was released, along with an edge rusher, Trey Flowers, from the Detroit Lions. You know, Kyle Van Noy, New England Patriots linebacker, was released recently. And speaking of linebackers, Bobby Wagner from the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they didn't even tell him. No. They didn't let him know. It's, it's crazy. So they're they're making big trades, which we'll get to, but they're also doing things like this where they're releasing, releasing their best Wagner. defensive player. Yeah, I, I say let's get Bobby trade. Wagner. I'd call a really stupid move. Well, we'll get to it, but anyway, well, about the release, like I just I can't believe they would release like he because he did have a good season too. So I just I don't know what was going on with that. Seahawks fans who listen to our podcast, I am so sorry for you. <laughs> so sorry. So so sorry for for all the Seahawks. Hey, oh yeah, should have ran the ball at the one. <laughs> Wait till they give DK Metcalf to us, and they'll really oh, just yeah. have absolutely. No Woo! Problem. Yeah, Bird's Mania. Yeah, you guys go. are outnumbered now, Justin and Nate. This is Bir- Bird's Mania. With t- that's hey, what that's what turning the section Listen, into now. That's that's just a dream of yours. All right, it ain't happening Jake, anytime soon. Jake. JJR, thank a white side and picks. We'll send Dude. them over. Send Dude, them, we'll switch and we'll flip. Down. Eagles will never live that down, man. In all honesty, I think that when we're talking about teams as a whole, the Seahawks blew themselves up with this Russell trade. They, they and they and they finished the job with this whole best. Uh, they they finished the trade with the releasing of their best defensive player. I mean, they just completely blew up their entire team. I feel bad for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They must be really depressed right now. Yeah, they get Drew Lock to throw them the damn ball. He stinks. <laughs> well, Don't worry. Let's, let's just like get right into it then. I just want to bring it up now because I want to just give you the details of the trade here. The Denver Broncos traded quarterback Drew Lock 
tight end Noah Fant, defensive end Shelby Harris, a 2022 first-round selection, the ninth overall, a 2023 first-round selection, 2022 second-round selection, the 40th overall, and a 2023 second-round pick, and a 2022 fifth-round pick as well. They traded all of that just for Russell Wilson from the Seahawks and a 2022 fourth rounder. And it was 100% worth it. For the Broncos. I was actually going to bring it up because that is a lot. People are giving like the Seahawks a D grade for the trade. He's getting old. He's a top 10 quarterback. Not this past year. He's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Top 10 for sure, but that is a lot. In my opinion, a top 5 wide receiver core. In the NFL in Denver, now that he's going there, I mean, come on, man. Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, there may be bold. some KJ Hamler bias. We will add there some KJ Hamler PSU bias, but I, I, Jerry Judy, possibly in the future. I mean, on, I don't they're they're good, know. but they're I don't good. know if they're top echelon. I don't know if they're top five. Top echelon. There, there is, there is bias there. Everyone listening, mean, like, there is bias from Nady smiling from ear to ear. There, no, he like, knows. Bro, come on, man. There, so like, that's Cortland true. Sutton, Here's the thing. If he had, if Cortland Sutton had a quarterback, like an actual good quarterback, a competent quarterback, we'll see. Drew Locke. Nate, this is his year to prove himself. I mean, Drew Locke was doing event. dance moves what? on the bench, and you're not saying he's a competent QB. He was, he was, he was breaking it down yeah, on the yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's got them. Him, him, him and two, Sam, two clubs Sam's. over there, man. The, you know? the, I mean, the question has those to guys rise, are doing, is, was the price for Russell Wilson too high? I'm fine with it. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm fine with it. That's all I got to say. Of course, we, we know your yeah, opinion, Nate. Yeah, we know yeah, your opinion. Like, six, six draft picks. Like, yeah. That's a lot. I don't know. When you're as that's bad as the Broncos, I don't think it's that yeah. crazy. But if it was any other normal team, I'd be like, that's insane. The Eagles weren't much better, but... Wow! True. Oh my gosh! Are you are you are you want to start something? In the worst Russell? division in football, so yeah. I mean, with this Russell Wilson trade, the uh, the only thing I can think of is I mean the Seahawks are screwed. We already know that. I just send my best wishes out to Derek Carr. That poor man, and that poor Raiders team is in now one of the is the, the toughest, toughest division, the toughest division divisions in football. And here, here, I mean, ugh, I just show up. Even with Khalil Mack now going to the Chargers, like, the poor, poor Derek Carr, it's such a waste of a young man's career. I mean, the poor guy is playing for a horrible team. You gotta get him out of they the made the play. They, the made the they made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs, but I don't see it happening again. I still so, think yeah, that Derek true. Derek Carr, I, th- I still think he's just so average. <laughs> That's he's not a average, bad thing. I just think he's so average. Like I, anytime I watch average. him, I'm not like blown away. I'm just like, okay, like he does what he needs to do. Like I don't know. He gets to I think he's average. Yeah. But Although hey, we lost. You, you know what they say. It, you, it's it's you, you got to go above and beyond. You can't just get the job done. You got to go above and beyond. And Derek Carr just doesn't do that. Yeah, he's a, he's always gonna be a wild card quarterback. But to to win a Super Bowl, you're gonna need a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, you know, one of these, you know, guys that's really going to take you on and bring you to this, let's win a game, you know? Well, now let's talk about another trade here. The Washington Commanders with their new name and all start making some moves. (laughs) They traded a 22, a 2022 second round selection, the 42nd, and the third round selection, as well as a seventh rounder and a 2023 conditional second, which could turn to a first for Carson Wentz and a 2022 second rounder, 47th. So, what do you guys think of this one? The old Eagles quarterback going over now to the commanders of the division rival. Maybe he can get some revenge. Carson Wentz will be throwing more passes to the Eagles. Yes. That's just a fact. 
Darius Slay's stock. Here, it's going up. But wait, that's Darius Slay's stock, correct. But here's my thinking. I've recently done some looking into this. You can't name a top five caliber quarterback who doesn't have at least a top five wide receiver at his side that has put up the same touchdown interception ratios that Carson Wentz has. I really think that, sure, Carson Wentz isn't a huge grade A quarterback. You know, he's not some Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But he's not given enough credit. He doesn't have that top-tier wide receiving core at his side for any of the teams he played. Pittman Jr. was the best wide receiver Carson Wentz had at his disposal. Zach Ertz was Carson Wentz's top target in for the Eagles. Think about it. He had no elite wide receiver at his side for the years that he played with the Eagles. He goes to the Colts. His best target was Pittman Jr., not a top five-tier wide receiver. He goes you know, down to the Commanders. I completely get what you're saying, but... I think, sorry, there's something else to bring up, that when you have a top five, top two, top three running back yeah. uh, in the backfield, you don't need that top five receiver. You certainly you know, need a receiver. When you have a Jonathan Taylor that can carry your offense, all you need to do is not turn the ball over, and you're going to sure, win games. Sure, and but you still need a receiver to drive. You still need a receiver to drive the ball down the field in those two-minute drills. But not a top five receiver. Nah, yeah. Peter, that all is saying, where you are wrong. What are you saying? No, you don't no, all I'm saying, you want to know what I'm Nate, saying? All it. I'm saying <laughs> is that this is Carson Wentz's biggest chance to prove I knew he, himself. I knew he because he's a some really point, good though. wide receiver core with the Commanders. And I really think that's good. Outside, outside of McLaurin. Who outside of McLaurin uh, yeah, who right now? Besides McLaurin. Logan Thomas isn't a bad player. Yeah, he's getting up there, though. All right, I'm going to say this to you, Peter. You brought up Zach Ertz, though. When Carson Wentz was playing with Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz was a better tight end than Logan Thomas is now. So, but but Zach Ertz right. was his primary target as, yeah, you're go, right. as opposed to no hands Alshon and let it fly over my head Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I mean uh, it, no, it's it's it drop no, Nelson no, no, Aguilar. No, no, get it right, saying. Peter. You have you have it's hit him in his hands and option. he drops it. <laughs> I'm just saying you have a good running back on the Commanders, not top tier, but he's a good running back. You have a de- you have a pretty good wide receiver, not top five wide receiver. You have a decent wide receiver, and you always have Logan Thomas as a backup plan at tight end. Carson Wentz has three offensive weapons that he lacked with the Eagles, at least with the Eagles, and I think that this is his year to prove himself, to really either break out and be a good quarterback and prove himself, or remain where he is as you know halfway decent. Dude, he had the chance this past year, and he fumbled the bag. All he had to do That's was beat true, Jacksonville. Yeah. They had to beat Jackson. They were in the playoffs. <laughs> but, you're, but, you're, yeah. but you're leaving it to Jonathan Taylor. That's who you're putting the Jonathan whole game Taylor could have won MVP. Dude. What are you talking you're about? Not, Out of the backfield as a Jonathan receiver. Taylor. You're not fully listening to me. I am not discrediting Jonathan Taylor. I am not discrediting him at all. I am saying it takes more than an elite running back to win a football game on the offense, period. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You have to have more than a running back. All I'm saying is this is his year to prove himself. He's got more weapons than he's ever had. But last year, this last season, was literally the year to prove himself. I think that was the biggest year to prove himself. He was under Frank Reich, and everyone thought that since he was going back, that would be perfect. I think that that was the year he had to prove himself, and he didn't yeah, do I it. Mean, they even had a good old line this season. Yeah. Like going, to, going back to the Commanders, though, I mean, they don't have a great O-line, so... It's going to be a lot harder for him to stay in the pocket. And we know what happens when he gets out of the pocket. He makes 
poor decisions. So and that's where the I Eagles capitalize. And I'm cool with for that. To prove himself. He either makes really insane throws or is absolutely horrible. There's no. That's that's hundred percent. There's no in between with him. That's hundred percent. He'll make insane throws and then. The other time would just be the most disappointing play you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. Speaking of He'll the commanders or whatever, the, you know, they were the the, uh, the team that Justin named them by a few minutes ago. That play where he, you know, ran through the pocket. It looked like I, yeah. I have that play in my memory of him running through the pocket. It looked like he got sacked, but he's running like down the, like that was the MVP class. And we're like, what, how did he do that? And now he's like throwing interceptions to a linebacker like, like three yards down the field are like flicking like yeah like you said if there's no Man, in between there's no married. perfect he got married <laughs> he tore his acl he had all these injuries with his ribs i don't know man i think that with people like carson wentz who are buster or boom you know injuries do a lot to those kind of guys and with carson wentz who was able to escape those enormous piles of linemen like he did back when he played for the eagles like jake's talking about after the ACL, after the rib injury, after, you know, he sprained his ankle this year. I mean, injuries batter up a quarterback like that, and I think that made a huge toll on him as well. Yeah, I, th- I think for sure. I mean, but I-, I think you also, of course, we've been kind of bashing him a bit here the last few minutes, I think. Yeah, I think this uh, that this is also a, just another opportunity, you know, of course. he had He had a great cast of characters in Indianapolis, but... You know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, he has a chance in Washington now, you know. I'm just saying, I just, yeah. I, Weren't I think, you just bashing me for saying that like two minutes ago? No, it's, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that, you know, he's not a great quarterback. I'm just saying that just here's, here's, here's another shot. opportunity. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Here's his shot. He is in the NFC least now, so. Are there any more trades you, you guys would like to discuss here? Uh, well, of course, you know, there was the ones that happened uh, recently of uh, the Khalil The ones Mack. that I don't have on my notes, yes. unfortunately. Yes. Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper to the Browns. Okay, interrupting me with my Khalil Mack <laughs> to the Chargers right, well, trade. I'll, but... I'll start off with that then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is, for the Browns, a great move. They needed somebody to really, you know, get instead of OBJ, you know, that they were missing that piece. So I think that for them, it's a good move. And I think for... The Cowboys needed a, a bit of a mix-up, too, because their receiving core has kind of been dull the last season or two. So, you know, He's I think that receiver. it was a good move for them. I mean, I know that he was, was great. He was great the there. He was, a great, he was great there, but I think that towards the end, they were kind of shifting away from him anyway. He wasn't getting as many targets. So I think that it, it'll be a good thing for both, but I think definitely you'll see more of an impact on the Browns side than, you know, the Cowboys, obviously. Do you think that... Now with Jarvis Landry and Amari Cooper as wide receiver core in Cleveland, are we going to see the changes from Baker Mayfield that need to be made? No. If if they were going to do it, it was going to be with OBJ. He's a better receiver, I think, in, in my opinion. That's, my, he, that's, he, my, he that's my thought process. Yeah, he so, said that uh, with going to the Rams. So I just I don't, I don't think it's going to – I don't think anything's going to change for Baker, really. I just think it's a waste – I feel I don't know. Not that Amari Cooper had a say in it. It's just a waste for him because – you know, he's a veteran player. His career is kind of on the on the way out. You know, I'm not saying he's retiring next year or anything, but he's been in the league a long time. I mean, to put him on a team like the Browns where Baker Mayfield is an on-and-off quarterback, 
I don't know. I just think that, sure, he's a good addition to an offense, but if you wanted a receiver that badly, you could have fought for someone like Juju Smith-Schuster or, you know, somebody who's actually going to make an impact for the Browns. You don't think Amari Cooper does that? No, I think he does it pretty well. I'm just saying I mean, I think Amari Cooper's better than Juju. No, I'm saying, yeah, I'm say. saying yeah. if the Browns wanted to make a long-term change, go for a younger wide receiver. Listen, Baker does not have any excuses anymore, really. I mean, he's got... No, I'm got, not giving Baker he's got the benefit Jarvis, of the doubt. He's got... He's got Amari now. He's yeah, got and, and many the best people backfield in football. I mean, yeah, he's got I, I, and Nick I Chubb. honestly, I honestly I mean, think that on. he has one of the best supporting casts in the league. Yeah, and yeah. yet he's done nothing with it. So many people really? say I'm he was the reason OBJ ended up on the Rams because he wasn't giving him the football. By all means, am I not making any excuse for Baker? I'm saying for the Browns franchise itself, I would have gone for a younger receiver for the long term. But we'll see how Amari does in Cleveland. Hopefully, Baker can get his act sort of together to help Amari have a decent season there. And like Jake mentioned earlier, the Khalil Mack trade, poor Chicago, man. <laughs> They're starting to decline too. Well, I mean, they yeah. already were, but. Well, they were starting to get better, you know, drafting a new quarterback and everything. But then they were like, maybe we'll just get rid of our defense. You know, that's that's gonna that's what we're going to do. So we we yeah, build it. Justin is... Fields, you know, we we build it. You got to you got to. They've been yeah, in that kind system. of middling ground where they were like, are we a wild card team? They had a good defense, but not a good offense. I, I, you just, I think you just got to throw some of that out. It, start fresh. If you're going to move forward. That makes forward. LA a lot scarier, though. With Bosa on one end and Mac on the other end. Whew, they weren't, they weren't be, good on the scary. run defense, though. I, they were not. I, I don't yeah. know if he helps yeah. out their rush defense, but I know they were still one of the worst in the league last year on the rush. So, I mean, I know he can he can get some tackles in there on rush plays, but we'll see how. Still they... a good trade for the Chargers. In the end. I, hey, I'm not. I'm Honestly, not saying it was a I bad one. It, yeah. The Chargers I know, I know. right now are a free agency winner for me. They just for now, they yeah. Out. They've they've already got some great pieces. They've already resigned some great players. I think that personally. They have a really good shot of winning their division next year. Ooh. The Chiefs are it's a great be team, but the Chiefs, there's been holes in the Chiefs that are starting to be exposed, and I think that the Chargers are, you know, about ready to take over that division. Hey, I know I'm okay, a Broncos so fan and everything, the... but I just got to say, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but you got to give them some respect. I think it's a three-horse oh, yeah. race. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. But I, I definitely think that, think that this is the year I the think Broncos until they are prove a high themselves, contender. You can't say that they're going to, you know, win it. I think that they'll definitely be in the race, though, and I think they'll be a wild card team for sure. I think it's going to be a super tight division this year, much like the the division where the Bengals were in last last season. It's going to be those neck and neck races. But Nate, to your to your comment, I think we're going to see a whole new Broncos team this year, which is going to be interesting to watch because you know they're never really that one of those teams that's like, hey, everybody talk about the Broncos since Peyton Manning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had that tiny sprout with Drew Locke being that. Oh, look, we got Drew Locke. But that kind of died down pretty quickly. But speaking of the Chiefs, Justin and Jake and Nate, Sam, even if you want to, Tyron Matthew is in the free agency. Do the Chiefs re-sign him? Do they try to make moves for him? What's your opinion? I mean, if they can, they should. But if they can't, then bottom line is he's going to go somewhere else. And that's going to weaken that team even more. What do you think they should do, though? Well, if they can, they should do it, but I don't know if they can. It depends on the cap space situation, you know? I was going to say, for his own benefit, no. If he wants to get paid, you go somewhere else, especially the way the Chiefs have so much money tied down. 
But hey, if he's that kind of guy at this point in his career where he's willing to take a pay cut to still be on one of the favorites in the AFC as it stands right now, hey, by, by all means, I mean, I would, you know, stay as well. Yeah, I, I agree basically with what Jake and Justin said. I mean, uh, obviously, Tyron Matthews, you know, he's getting up there in age now. I, you know, it'd be, it'd definitely be a loss for the Chiefs, but I don't think it's something that they couldn't go fix either in free agency or yeah. in the draft. I mean, there's, they could get a younger guy in the draft potentially at the safety or cornerback position and, you know, work up from there. But I think they should still try and try to resign him. But like Jake said, I mm-hmm. think if he's looking for, for, you know, the bag, he should be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think that, I don't know, I think that he's one of those players to look for the bag because he still thinks he deserves the bag, which he does. He's a great player. He's a very impactful player. That's going to put a dagger in the Chiefs defense. They faltered pretty heavily in the beginning of this past season. And the fact that you're letting go probably one of your best defensive players, if not your best defensive player. Sure, like you said, Nate, they could draft a younger guy. They could build up. But I think knowing the Chiefs and how they're really trying to, they're always trying to push that Super Bowl agenda. Maybe he'll take a pay cut. But I don't, I don't know. It depends on how much of a pay cut. I don't think he's going to go for too much less. Because he knows his, ten, he knows his talent. And he knows his potential. But... What I, what I also wanted to ask is, we each have a different team except for Jake and I. What is one thing in the offseason, whether it's a draft, Nate, I mean, you already got a huge trade for the Broncos, but what's one move you'd like to see your team make in the offseason with this free agency coming up, with this draft coming up? What's one move you'd like to see that you think would really pack that punch in for your team? We'll start with Nate, then go Justin and Jake and I can. Well, like you said, Pete, um, I mean, we already made the biggest move we needed to make. We got our quarterback we got our guy in Russell Wilson you know obviously look what we gave up we gave up draft capital we gave up Noah Fant who was a a really good tight end so I mean I'd look there uh you know potential tight end replacements or signings obviously the defense you know you could always keep building on that I love that we had you know Pat Sertan you know he was a great addition I gotta ask Nate. That defense. Does Von Miller come running back to the, to the Denver Broncos? Does he come running back? I don't know, man. I really don't know. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd love to have him back. Don't get me wrong. He's a he's a great player. I know he's getting up there in age, but he definitely still brings something to the table. As you saw, um, he proved that the Rams. I mean, he could still definitely be a difference maker and would improve the defense. You know, in my opinion, so I would be fine with that. But honestly, at this point in time. For You're me, content. not much. You know, I, I'm I'm happy where we are. You know, maybe a new tight end and continue to build on the defense. And, you know, I think that's basically what the Broncos should look to do. Oh, and offensive line help. Offensive line help, I guess. Justin, about them bills. That's it's, What are your thoughts? One of the hardest questions of the offseason, what should we do? Because we, oh, we, have one, we have one of the most complete teams in the NFL. You can't deny it. I mean, can I, can I make a suggestion before I hear your idea? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No offense, but I think where you lack the most is in your running backs. Devin Singletary isn't now, let me bring up reliable. a counterpoint to that. That is where you're wrong. You see, it's not Peter, that backs. is where you are wrong. Here, let, me, let, me, let me take this, Justin. Let me take Here this. Yeah, yeah, Peter, that is where you are wrong. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> Good It's not Lord. the running backs aren't the problem. We've seen great... Uh, production from Devin Singletary from no. uh, Zach Moss. We've seen good production from these guys. What we're missing is an O-line, I think. A rushing O-line. We have a great pass defense okay. O-line, but our O-line when it comes to run defense just hasn't been as good. We don't have like bruising guys. We have very quick guys that can you know, be agile and you know, 
back up real quick and then make good blocks, but we don't have guys that can really move a pile. So mm-hmm. I think that for us, we probably are going to have to do that because on defense, like everything's pretty much solid. We have, I mean, we need more cornerback depth, of course, but other than that, like, of course, you know, our, our guys are, you know, some of the best in the league. So really that's all, that's all I can think of is just cornerback depth and uh, just a better, you know, rushing O-line. I just have to say, I agree with you, Pete. Pete, I, I, I agree with you. The Bills Thank running you. backs are not good. I'm sorry. Singletary is not good, and neither is Moss. So I don't know what Justin's smoking over there, but they're not. The Bills are a great overall team, but they don't have a top-tier running back. I'm sorry. Singletary's, like, not even top 15 in the That's league. That's what bro. I'm saying. I'm not saying he's top echelon, but I think he is. When top- has having a top-tier running back shown for direct success for a Super Bowl is my counterpoint to your counterpoint. If for me, I, and not to cut you off there, Joe Nate, Mason. but I think a second, I know they have great wide receiver depth, but if there's Allen Robinson or if there's another tier two guy you can have alongside of stefan diggs with beasley in the slot and davis i'm all for that i don't know about that though jake because isaiah mckenzie isaiah mckenzie has really when you have a guy like josh allen you don't need a great running game that's just the bottom line but it's not like having a carson wentz you don't don't want to you can't just rely on your quarterback to run all the time though you can't but he he can throw the ball for 300 yards a game so i mean i I know both facets are important, but when you you don't need like a top tier guy if you have a Josh Allen and a Stephon Diggs that are in your passing game. I just don't think that your backfield's very good. That's all I'm saying, man. No, Justin, for one second, please hear me out. Yes, Josh Allen is a top tier versatile quarterback. He can bomb the ball. He can run. He can hurdle. He can slide, and he can throw <laughs> a beard. Great. You are risking injury every time you run him. You are risking injury of a top-tier quarterback. Not to say he will be injured. Not to say he's not a good runner. You're risking injury. That's where, in the cases where you have great edges, great guys who are on the cornerback, linebacker positions, who are going to hit Josh Allen to end his career, you want a solid backfield. And you don't have it 100% in Devin Singletary. You need somebody who is more versatile than Devin Singletary. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not what, saying Devin Singletary is bad. For, though? Like what kind of guy? You're looking, looking for, for a guy like Saquon Barkley. You're looking that's for like a guy. That's like an all star. He's like an all. I'm saying we don't need an all star. Like we just need a running back. But you need a guy who's going to be more impactful than Devin Singletary to save your quarterback's legs from being snapped in half. I need a guy that can run four yards a carry. That's what I need because that's what you want. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know. I think that the Bills that should look in. He can't be a good running back, but he just he's very average, below average running back. I'm, I'm not sorry. saying he's a long-term solution. I'm saying he's that for right not. now, that's not I'm saying where that's we an area you guys could improve at. Looking at your team, running back is an area you guys could definitely improve at. That's what I'm saying, you know? Definitely definitely we could definitely improve our running game. That's for sure. Jake Let's hear your remarks first on the Eagles. What do you want to see happen? Oh, gosh. Um, wow, man. You just threw that at me there after all this. Uh, Eagles. Oh, man. Well, I, I think um, elephant in the room, we kind of discussed it earlier on. Get a linebacker, please. 
please, for goodness sakes. Whether it's Bobby Wagner, of course, he's still a productive linebacker. He's not exactly the same all-pro guy he was a few years ago, but bringing him in, getting getting a guy, of course, even even drafting drafting wise, uh, Nakobe Dean is a stud out of out of Georgia, a guy that you you know. T- t- you know, guy you should take to develop that area of need where, you know, guys are beating linebackers down the field, running backs, wide receivers, one-on-ones. You get a guy that N'Kobe N- Dean can lead you in tackles, can cover can cover running backs, which has been a problem, especially in a man-to-man zone scheme that they run. Of course, you, you can clamor for Deshaun Watson all you want and getting. I don't want him. Or, or, I don't want him. I think you know you you have three first-round picks. I think you can maybe try and sign a wide receiver, but you have still holes that I think you could use in the draft in a deep draft class on on some of these positions of need. Here's what I would do. If it was me, and I agree with you, Jake, we need a linebacker and we need one bad. Here's what i do, though. I'd start off with focusing in the free agency at wide receiver. Picking up someone like Juju Smith-Schuster would be good. I think he would really help the Eagles' offense. We focus on a wide receiver for the free agencies. We have a lot of first-round draft picks. We use some of them to levy our, our, our advantage in the trading. And then we focus our draft on the defense. And I say that because there's more bigger name defensive players in this draft than there are wide receivers that are going to get to our round. You know what I'm saying? So I think in all honesty, if the Eagles focused on free agency, get your head out of your butt. Don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Don't do it. That's, that's stupid. You have Gardner Minshew, who's a great backup quarterback, who proved himself... For the Eagles this past season, don't draft a quarterback. Use it for the position we need. Get rid of Brick Hands Rager. Put in someone who can help Devonta Smith, who can help Jalen Hurts, you know, and then use the draft for defense. And I think that this will be a big season for both Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni as two new coaches for the Eagles to see how much they change because Brandon Graham's coming back from injury. That'll be huge for our defense. So I'm just saying, use a draft for defense, free agency for offense, and mainly wide receivers. Thank you, Justin, as always. Very entertaining football section. Guys, it's March, and you know what that means. March Madness, the college basketball tournament, is, is just a few days away upon recording and, of course, upon release of this episode's conference tournaments are wrapping up just guys any teams that have really caught your eye late in the season to keep an eye out for late late here as we trickle into march madness i mean obviously you have duke duke is always usually a big contender in these tournaments they usually go pretty far uh i i was keep an eye out for them a couple other teams and you guys got any teams you're looking at Personally, um, as you said, Duke, this is Coach K's last year. Um, he's retiring. So I think this is a big tournament coming up for them. And I think that, you know, they'll perform valiantly. Those are, those are great choices. Those are great choices. 
Um, I think I think one team, you know, a dark horse, a dark horse. We're all about dark horses, you know. Of course, my oh. bias in the American with Houston, they they have their top two scorers are out. I feel like they could be a you know a upset candidate in the first you know few rounds. But they're also a team that could make it deep as well. I think a team I, I'm looking at I'm looking at um, Saint Mary's gentlemen, oh Saint Mary's. Here yes, they did. They did lose to the Zags, of course. They did lose to the Zags by 13 in the, the West Coast Conference. But, hey, they're ranked for a reason, of course. They, they don't play in the greatest conference. But, come on now. I, I think discrediting their record and discrediting is, is you know, I, I feel, think that's foolish. Because in March, anything can happen. And I, I think that they can go on a run and, you know... You know, who knows, of course, that might not make it to the final four or, you know, that far or anything like that. But just to, just someone to keep an eye on in a, in a tight matchup could get an upset to, if, among the ranked teams. Among the ranked teams. Here's the thing. Going back to Duke, and, you know, you're talking about ranked teams and final fours. Duke's last season, like Nate mentioned, with Coach K, this is their year. This is their time to shine. This is... If if they wanted to pull it off, this is their year to do it. They got to be careful though. They haven't been playing very cleanly. I've been watching a lot of them, a lot of their games. I was watching the first half down on my TV before we started podcasting. They look a little sloppy. They don't have many, very, very many three point shooters. They're not getting their rebounds like they should. So if you really want a chance in this tournament, gotta clean up the offense. You gotta clean up. You gotta you gotta work more as a unit. You know, they're, they're working more individualistically, whereas a March Madness champion team works as a team. So, hey, Duke, you know, I, I'm pulling for them. I'm a Duke fan, but, you know, they got to work more as a team if they want to pull it off. And, you know, they got to they gotta stop letting these leads get so large and them having to play catch-up in the second half. They've been blowing these easy, like, first-half leads into the second half and letting these teams... Like, they should have never lost to UNC last weekend, or the weekend before. The first weekend in March. I forget if that was a week ago. What, last they should have never lost that game. Coach K. Yeah. That his last game in Cameron. Horribly played basketball by Duke. No one was getting rebounds. No one... no Not a single three was dropping. You know, you got to change your method. And, you know, going into those ranked teams, like you said, Jake, those higher-ranked teams, they're going to be harder competition. You know, and... Would I like to see the underdog St. Mary's do well? Sure, that'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see Texas A&M do pretty well. They've been they've been playing some pretty good basketball They're as an of underdog late. too, as well. They are an underdog, Very and and underdog. they are yeah, and that's why I'm kind of you know pulling for them here a little bit. You know, they've been playing some pretty decent basketball themselves, coming up from from Leeds, catching up and finishing it, taking it home. So it's it's gonna be a really good March Madness. I'm excited for this one. I, I just wanna I just wanna put out there one more team I I watched play earlier today, and that was um that's the Iowa Iowa um, Hawkeyes. Ooh. I mean, they really impressed me. They're a team with a lot of seniors. I mean, I was watching them play Indiana in the semifinal. They came back from being down, and then Bohannon hits a bank three with a second left to b- win the game. Essentially, they have a lot of seniors. Um. They got the Murray brothers, I know, on the team, two very um, highly skilled players. I think they can make a run. I think they're probably the Big Ten's best chance, I mean, in my opinion, this year. Uh, Produce pretty good as well, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but I just, I seeing that earlier, I, I like the way they're playing, and I, I think that they have a shout to uh, 
to make a run in the tournament um, this year. I think this is going to be a good tournament. I think we got some good teams lined up. I think we got some standout underdog teams, like we mentioned, Texas A&M, St. Mary's, you know, teams we don't commonly see. Always got Nova Nation. The Nova best, Nation. The best, school, the best uh, school in Philly? No. And it's not even in Philly. It's not even in. I'm not. I'm not gonna go down that road. We'll save that yeah. for the behind the scenes. But de- definitely, hey. definitely a good team, and and really have showed out this season. Um, of course, uh, took care took care of business against Creighton in the Big East final. One of those teams at the top fighting for the March Madness. We'll definitely keep an eye on it, guys. Plenty of great teams. That will do it for this week's episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. It was a long one. Action-packed. A lot of great conversation. Thank you to Silvana for hopping on. Again, if you would like more of her content, she's the sports director for Temple Update. She's on a bunch of different shows on WHIP Radio, and she's the co-host for the Onside Chicks podcast for the Liberty Line. And thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring this episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. For future episodes, you can check it out on YouTube and on Spotify. Thank you for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast.